Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories so that in their shining, they give permission to other women to shine as well. I'm super excited today to welcome Karen Hoskin of Montagna Distillers. Karen, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Karen. I am a 20-plus year entrepreneur in the mountains of Colorado. I started my my career as a brand builder uh, about 21 years ago, um, building brands for other people. Um, I did websites and logos and advertising campaigns and design trade show booths and you name it. Um, for about 12 years. And after about 12 years, I thought, gosh, I'm ready to do some of this for myself. So I started uh, Montagna Distillers uh, in 2008. And so it's been almost 11 years of uh, building my own brand. That's amazing. I want to say to the audience that you should check out the website. Um, it's incredible. Um, my husband and I were looking it over last night thinking, what are the wonderful things you can do with rum? I just don't know. And we went to your website and we saw more about you and your company. Tell us, what is your website address? MontanyaRum.com. So M-O-N-T-A-N-Y-A rum.com. Nice, nice. So what, what, let me ask you this, what got you into this? I, I see, you know, I know branding. I'm not the expert that you are from the looks of things and the sound of your background. You had lots and lots of years of experience in branding, but what brought you into the beverage industry? Why were you excited about rum? Well, about 30 years ago, I thought seriously about starting a brewery, um, but I wasn't much of a beer drinker, but I saw what I thought was going to be a boom of craft breweries around the United States, which turned out to be a fairly accurate prediction um, to what's happened since. And I also was broke and, you know, wanted to travel the world. So it just wasn't the right time. But about 12 years ago, I saw the same trend happening with craft spirits. And I have been a premium rum fanatic for about 30 years of my life. I feel about premium rum the way most people who get excited about, say, bourbon or scotch or Cabernet Sauvignon feel about their favorite beverage. And so I've been known among my friends for a long time as that person who would always bring rum cocktails to a dinner party, et cetera. Um, and so when I saw that craft spirits uh, trend just fledging, I thought, this is the moment. This is the wave I need to get on. And I had kids at that point. I was a little bit less free. I had a little jingle in my pocket um, from hardworking years before that to start a company with. Um, and so I just I pulled the trigger. I said, this is what I want to do. That is so incredible. I don't know if people, if you'll, folks, if you just stop and think about how scary that is and the courage it must take and the grit and the commitment and, you know, being resourceful. I know as a solopreneur, um, just with what I do for a living, it's, it's tough. And for you to take on this, you know, big, big, big venture from this, what was a, an idea in your head, a unique creative outside the box thought 
uh, pretty impressive, pretty impressive. In fact, I am one of those people that loves her Cabernet and I'm thinking of giving uh, rum a try, giving a rum a run for its many. So we'll, we'll check it out this holiday season. Um, okay. I've been looking up recipes for rum drinks. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, you know, you've been doing this for a while now and you were very successful at what you did before. What can you say was your proudest professional accomplishment? My proudest professional accomplishment really just happened in July of this year. Um, nice. I have been working really hard to build this company kind of in the trench, in the mud, with my shoulder on the wheel for 11 years and growing double digits and just, you know, working a lot, traveling a lot, um, really kind of on my own. And um, as it turned out, I attracted the attention of a venture capital fund um, at one of the largest publicly traded alcohol beverage companies in the world, which is called Constellation Brands. And in January, they invited me to come pitch uh, them uh, at their headquarters in San Francisco. And I went out and told them my story. And in April, they said, we would like to get involved with your company, which was kind of a shock because, you know, women get 2.9% of all the venture capital funds in the United States, period. Oh, that makes me so sad. It is. Good for you. And I had been really, you know, hard pressed over the 11 years of being in business to find access to the capital that I needed to handle the kind of growth I was experiencing, to expand facilities, to add production capacity, all of the things that have to precede being able to sell a single bottle of rum. And so um, when they said yes, I was kind of blown away and I spent the next three months in a deep diligence process with them. And in the middle of July, we closed a venture capital deal and uh, I still am in the driver's seat. I still head up the board. Um, everything is relatively unchanged except that I have some real financial backing for the first time since I started the company. So isn't this every entrepreneur's dream come true? That is fantastic. And you seem to have fared well with not losing control and, you know, all those things that people are afraid of once they get the venture capital. Um, you seem to be in the driver's seat still. That's fantastic. And I, I love to hear that a company out of San Francisco, a venture capital firm out of San Francisco, where I live, was helpful to you. Um, that's great. Constellation Brands is pretty well known. Uh, so bravo uh, to you. That's amazing. Super, super excited. I know you did all the hard work yourself. Let me ask you, was someone ever a mentor or who inspired you? You know, quite honestly, I have not had very many uh, mentors in this business because, um, you know, I was really one of the very first women ever to found and own a craft spirits company in the United States. And at that time, I only knew of one other woman who was operating stills or distilling. Um, I knew of two women internationally, one in Guatemala and one in Jamaica, who were involved in blending, but they didn't run their own companies. So there were very few female mentors for me. And so my, my male mentors um, have been 
you know, craft distillers of whiskey typically who have really opened their doors to my questions and my uh, challenges and frustrations along the way. Uh, probably the, the most elevated among those was a gentleman named Jake Norris. He was the, one of the founding distillers at Stranahan's Whiskey in Denver. He was an amazing, amazing resource to me all along. Um, but yeah, I, so in order to turn the tables on that, I started an organi organization called the Women's Distillery Guild, which is now part of a national um, industry group called Women of the Vine and Spirits. And I really decided I wanted to provide an active mentorship program. And I've now mentored about six or seven female distillers or distillery founders who had hurdles they were trying to clear things they were trying to understand. And it's been just one of the most amazing things to say, well, I didn't really have much in terms of mentorship, but I'm gonna change that paradigm for the women after me. Wow, wow. So I'm very familiar with Women of the Vine and Spirits. I love that group. I'm actually a member there. Um, they do great work. Um, the fact that you founded this is amazing. So the founding mother of the Women's Distillery Guild is incredible. My next question would have been, uh, you know, everyone who listens to me knows that I'm all about shining a light on women in business and lifting women up and, you know, stopping, you know, the, the universe wants to pit us against each other. So we have to do everything we can to allay any fears and start to really support one another. And you have taken it to a whole new level. Um, I was going to ask you, how do you advise women to support women in business? But clearly creating this Women's Distillery Guild is an incredible way to do that. Um, you want to tell us a little bit more about your philosophy on women lifting other women? Absolutely. It's been such a strong focus and priority of mine for the last decade or so. Um, I would say, you know, one of the things I really encountered is that women, um, when we encounter compliance entities, so um, it, Entities out there that are looking to have us comply with the International Fire Code, the International Building Code, um, a lot of different aspects of our business, um, architects, engineers, we are almost always the only woman in that room. Uh, yes. And so it's, it can be really challenging to develop a, um, a, a relationship where you're receiving the respect that you deserve for the information that you bring to the table. And so probably my greatest focus has been to cultivate women's confidence um, so that they can navigate their compliance process with all of the, you know, inevitably men in the room um, who are high level professionals who've been involved in this for a lot longer than they have in many cases to cultivate their confidence in using the right language asking the right questions, delivering confident answers. Um, and, and that is a real art and a skill. Um, and, and once you develop it, it's amazing how many more yeses you get. Um, so there are a lot of no's. No, you won't be able to occupy that building. No, you can't put your still there. No, you can't you know, do your exhaust system that way. And all of a sudden, when, when we engage uh, with the proper level of education and confidence, we get a lot of yeses, like, yes, absolutely, that, that meets code, that works with the rules and regulations, and 
um, that is has been the most uh, helpful to the mentees that I've worked with just to clear those compliance hurdles. That's amazing. So I'm very, very aware of that process just from being um, in my personal life where I sit in my personal life. Um, we, my husband is a city manager, so we go through a lot of those permitting processes and you know, when new businesses come to town, um, right now where I live, we have 225 biotech companies, but we have a lot of beverage as well. So, you know, they have to go through, jump through a lot of hoops is what I say. I, I know a lot of people think it's bureaucracy, but it's really mostly for safety measures. But I remember our first uh, brewery opening here. And this city is very supportive of people like yourself who open um, these unique craft beers and craft uh, beverages and spirits and such. So learned a lot about that process. And the fact that I teach uh, gender-based communication styles and how to communicate effectively in an operating system that was created by white men, um, I, I get what you're talking about totally. I can totally relate and see it. And I love that you're helping other women navigate the process, not just jump through hoops, but actually be in control, be in charge, own their story and navigate the process. Um, well, I'm sure it wasn't always easy. Let me ask you this. What was your biggest challenge or maybe a setback and how did you overcome it? Interestingly, some of my biggest setbacks and challenges have been uh, related to not being taken seriously. So when I first began, you know, one of the first items of business was to acquire a lot of equipment, um, pumps and, and labels and label makers and bottling equipment, et cetera. And so I went to a conference where there was a vendor expo in my industry and I would walk into a booth to begin talking about a, a let's say a bottle filling machine and they would only speak to me if I was the only person in the booth but literally the first second that a male potential buyer yeah. into the booth they would stop talking to me and move over and start talking to that person as if there was no chance that I was a legitimate customer and it took me almost I don't know probably seven or eight years to overcome that and to get to a point where I could be taken seriously as a, as a consumer of equipment or a consumer of, you know, anything related to my industry. And it used to literally make me tear my hair out. I would get really angry actually. And I would have words with those people and say, you know, I own a craft distillery. I am a legitimate buyer, but then you feel like that sort of shrill person in the room. Yeah. You don't like that own voice coming out of your mouth. And so it took me a lot of years to sort of create the right balance between demanding the respect in the business that I deserved without alienating people along the way with my frustration level. Um, it's been a challenge, but it's now something that I speak a lot about nationally um, in my industry and beyond about how to kind of achieve your goals and results when you are a frequent woman only, quote unquote. So the McKinsey Institute has kind of coined this term of being a woman only, which means that you're often the only woman in a meeting, in a work environment, in a consumer environment, um, at a conference, at a table, whatever it happens to be. Yes, I study McKinsey as well. I use them in my work. 
I study a lot of Dr. Deborah Tannen, which you probably already know. Um, I use her research in my work. Um, I'm actually welcoming her as a keynote speaker here in San Francisco in December. Uh, she's amazing and she talks about that. And mine is not to change necessarily women's behaviors. Mine is to change the industry, the system, the operating system. I remember I, you know, I'm the CEO of my company. It's pretty successful. It's been, you know, going for a year now. Um, I'm doing what most people wouldn't be doing until their second year in business. I'm already doing that. And I remember in a room full of people where I was going to speak, um, a man came in and handed me his coat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you know. know. Like, I, I had a very similar experience recently where I was going to give a presentation on my company to a group of people who were part of an investment group that had already invested in my company. Uh, <laughs> I was just doing, delivering a report and I walked in and they asked me what was for lunch because they oh my gosh. on the catering crew. And um, I just kind of shook my head. Like, I'm, I'm not here to deliver your lunch. I'm here to deliver your next presentation. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. I just, so I, I'm not going to talk about my business this, this whole, you know, conversation, but I have to say, that is exactly the problem. The assumption that we all speak rich white male is just so wrong and that a woman can't be in that position of power or leadership or inspiring and motivating others to do as well or better than she has done. Um, so Karen, you and I, we're going to change the world. I have, you know, somebody joked with me and said, Susan, you have binders full of women like Mitt Romney. <laughs> I have, I have women that I have connected with over the last year who are, you know, we are on the same page, headed in the right direction, and we are creating change, moving the needle. I'm so excited to be in the company of people like you and here to support in whatever way I can, you know, stand on my shoulders, if you wish, and anything I can do to help, you know, promote youth across the country. My, my database is rather big and I have a, a big following. Uh, I love what you're doing. It takes a lot of grit and grace. Like you said, you had to respond in a way that wasn't, you know, off-putting, but still get the message across. You didn't want to be shrill. Um, so yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned this word grit several times so far because I'm releasing a rum in late October that is called Montaña Valentia. And Valentia in Spanish means courage, grit, bravery, and this rum is distilled all by women in a company owned by a woman and founded by a woman. And the whiskey barrel that we're finishing it in is a female whiskey distiller um, who made that whiskey. And then we will release it with the Women's Cocktail Collective, which is a group of female bartenders that we work with. Wow. So it's, um, it's a real tribute and a celebration of what glass ceilings women are crashing through in my industry, uh, drawing attention to some of the really capable people uh, that are changing, changing the way this, this business is executed. Wow, wow, so there's so much going on in my head. I'm just blown away, my jaw is to the ground. Um, I had to pick it up just to say, wow, this is incredible. I'd love to have a conversation offline with you about something that, um, I have going on that I would love to promote what you have going on. 
Um, I often use the phrase grit and grace because when asked what word describes your values or aligns with your values, um, I say grit. That's, you know, I'm a woman from the South who moved to the Northeast and was reinvented by white men, rich white men, and then decided, you know what? I like me the way I am and let's see if we can give it a go. And I've been, you know, owning my story just like you are and these women you just described are. Um, I would love to talk to you more about that group after we're done uh, with our podcast. So as we come to the close of the podcast, I want to ask you, well, first of all, my question is, tell me a surprising fact about you, but this whole podcast has been full of surprises. Like, things that I didn't just read about about you, but things that were so unique and and lots of wow factor and what a courageous woman you are to pave the way for others. Um, And, you know, impart the lessons you learned from good and bad along the way so that they can, you know, have a little bit easier, have it a little bit easier in their path. So tell me if you can come up with something that no one else knows or a surprising fact that our listeners might be, um, enjoy hearing, then let me know. What is something about you that we don't know? I think maybe one of the more fun factoids would just be that um, over the last two decades of my life, I have spent time both as an American tribal style belly dancer, which should resonate for you. Wow. Cisco, because the birth of American tribal style was fat chance belly dance in San Francisco. It's an incredible uh, fusion tradition of belly dance that I've been in a troupe um, and just absolutely love the, you know, the art form of it. And I've also been a hotshot firefighter, like a wildland hotshot firefighter. Wow. It's, you know, those, those two things might appear to be very much on the opposite ends of a spectrum of femininity, one being more feminine and one being kind of less so, but it's really defined my life and my career to work hard to hold on to everything that makes me inherently a woman and not let the barriers uh, to me using every skill I have uh, kind of shut me out of various different types of work. So same thing with distilling. It's it was a it was a, a man's world when I entered it eleven years ago. It still is, um, but I have managed to establish myself as a resource and an expert in a field, um, not just as a woman, but as a distillery owner, a distillery founder, a distiller. That's incredible. You're busting up the stereotypes all over the place. I love it. I love it. Um, such a great example you lead and live by example and it's amazing so yeah that blew me away i wasn't expecting both of those surprises and you're right they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum how what range you have girl got range is one of my friends likes to say um that's amazing so tell us a little bit if people those who don't read and then prefer to just listen to the podcast they may not read the blog that i will write and sync this podcast into tell them how can they reach you if they want to learn more about you and what you do? I think the best way to reach me personally is across my website, karenhoskin.com. It's where uh, most of the information about what I do lives. Um, it's more broad than just my distillery 
experience and world. It also includes my other company, which is called Zoetica, and it includes some of the public speaking that I do. Um, so that that might be the best way to reach me, and it has great contact information as well. Awesome, awesome, Karen. You are full of surprises. Um, I always check out a little bit about my guests beforehand. I don't want to check out too much because I like to be surprised as the listeners are. But um, wow, what an incredible woman you are, an incredible person you are. And just, I, I mean, geez, I'm looking to you for uh, guidance on how to do it right and do it well and get it done uh, and still have fun. You know, you seem to still have fun with what you do. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. I am going to include all of your contact info and your websites, both in some pictures as well as the podcast into a blog. I'll share it on my website and share it with my uh, social media following and then give it to you to share with your network as well. You've been delightful. Is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye? Uh, thank you for telling stories. I, I just came from uh, the, the B Corp conference in Los Angeles. B Corps are companies that are deeply committed to environmental and social practice. And my my distillery is a certified B Corp and we were being honored as a best for the world company, um, which means that we rank in the top 10% of B Corps. But while I was there, it really came clear to me that it's not just about doing good work. It's also about telling the story of good work so that we can inspire others to take a path of doing good as business owners and lifting up women or people of color or whatever it is that we can do. So I appreciate you being part of that storytelling tradition. It's so important. Nice. Nice. I'm all about compelling storytelling. So, well, thank you for being here and everybody. Thank you for listening. This podcast will be available within a week, let's say. Um, I'll say goodbye now and see you next time.